Larry uh, was a, uh, or is a computer scientist. Uh, he was a faculty at Vanderbilt teaching the young students there for many, many years. And then he retired early and uh, was able to travel and uh, be with family, uh, grandchildren, and do these things uh, for the last few years now. I don't know how many. But uh, uh, Larry is really, really gifted in explaining things in a very easy way, even though they are complex matters. And I'm really looking forward uh, to your presentation or to your testimony this morning. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Mario. Do, do wanna, let's pray. Okay. I'm going to start with a prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be here together, to have fellowship with each other. Lord, we thank you for uh, the time uh, of breakfast, for the food that you have provided, that we have in abundance. Don't have to uh, go hungry. Lord, we just thank you for that. So many in this world don't have that privilege, and Lord, we just don't want to grant it, uh, take it for granted. Lord, we thank you now for Larry being here, and we ask that you bless him, and that you be with him as he presents uh, his testimony to us. Lord, we just ask that you uh, touch our lives and that you make us, give us open ears so we can hear what he has to say. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Marcus. You know, I wish, uh, I wish my mother could have heard that. Okay. Um, so, you know, this is, of course, always going to be a little bit different because we have to do things this way. Okay, so, uh, and better than talking to start with, and I'm happy to answer questions, and we'll talk about this in a kind of a free, open kind of format, and I'll share some various kind of things with you as we, as we go on, but I can't get away, you can't get away from who you are, okay? And so, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher, okay? And so, therefore, you're going to honor me, by learning some stuff, okay? And I'm gonna get Nick, if you would help me, okay? So I want everybody to take a card, okay? And there's, um, in this box, there's, there's a pen. Ron, if you could help out here. So everybody needs to get a card and a pen, okay? So here's, here's the test, and here's what I want you to do. On the card, I want you to Write uh, how you would self-identify yourself. Three things. Okay, so if somebody were to come up to you and say, who are you? Okay, and you might say, I don't know, I'm an engineer, I'm a husband. However you want to self-identify, I want you to write on this card three things that you self-identify about yourself. Do it. Okay, now what I want you to do is to take your card and hand it to the person to your left. Okay? Simply hand it to your person on your left. It's a great thing that we have a, you know, round tables that we can do this. Now, what you are to do with the card that you're given is look at that card, look at the three things. Okay? Look at... at 
what has been written there about your right-hand neighbor. And what I want you to do, what I want you to do is to cross one of those out. Okay? Look at them and to cross one of them out. Whatever basis you want to use. This is totally, this is totally up to you. Okay? Whatever basis, it is totally up to you. Cross one of those out. Are we okay? And when you're finished, when you're finished, hand it back to the person. Okay, now what I want you to do is to take your card, hand it to the person on your right. Okay? And what I want, what's now to happen is when you turn it to, give it to the person on your right, I want you, okay, are we together here? And I want you, I want you now to add something to the card, okay? So therefore, the person, okay, no, about the person you gave it to you, about the original person, okay? So the person that you handed to your left crossed out something, you hand it to the person on your right, okay, and they add something. Something that's true about that person. Something, you know, whatever you want, something that you know about the person, or if not, however you want to do it. And now hand it back to the person. Can it be anywhere in the room? Can be anything you want. Are we, are we together now? Everybody has their original card back. One thing crossed out, one thing added, right? Now let's, let's, let's talk and reflect and learn something about this. Okay, because within this, you'll learn some of my own kind of story, your own kind of testimony. That, okay, first of all, let me explain what happened to me the first time this ever happened. Okay, so I'm sitting here with a group of students, a bunch of actually freshmen, and you're doing these icebreakers, and that's what this is. Sorry, okay, that you do these exercises, but you always gain meaning from it. So I'm sitting there. And they asked me to do this. And here's what I write about myself. Three things. I write down that I'm a quirky computer science professor. That's who I am, okay? The second thing I wrote down was I have a happy gene, okay? The third thing I wrote about myself, okay, is that I'm young at heart, okay? So, and I was actually, you know, write them down. I was actually pretty proud of those. I like all of those. I, you know, that's, that's kind of who I am. I hand it to my left-hand neighbor, okay? What do they cross out? Okay? Okay, they crossed out my happy gene. Okay? They crossed out my happy gene. And you feel like that you're just eviscerated, okay? That somebody just took something away from you like that, okay? Hand it back to me and I just feel like a third of my personality is now gone. My happy gene, I'm really proud of my happy gene. And they, uh, but then they give it to the person on the right, okay? And they give it back to me and they give me a sensitive gene, okay? Now, okay, and these kind of things happen throughout life all the time, okay? Some things, some things get taken away from you, okay? That's not, that's not of your own choosing, and things get added to you, 
that you also have now. And the more that I reflect on this kind of stuff, you know, nobody cared about how happy I was. Okay? I mean, that's, that's an overstatement. But you know what I'm talking about. It's not, it's not that important. It's not that important to other people anyway about if I'm happy or not. They care, okay, if I'm young at heart, okay? They care if I'm a, computer, a quirky computer science person, okay? And it taught me deep lessons, okay? Now, before we go any further on this, who wants to share with what just happened to you? Okay, does anybody want to, does anybody want to share what you put in or bold enough to, or out there enough to say what happened? Well, one of the things I wrote down is I'm a mechanic. And I did that for 30 years of my life, and I did that a lot when I was a teenager, so that's a major part of my life. But Tom didn't know that, and when I passed the card there, or is that you, Jeff? Tom, he crossed out the mechanic part, so I felt the same way you did. That's a large part of my life, and you just sort of took that from me. Even though I see the other things that I put down are big parts of my life. What, share with us what else, what else did you put down? Uh, I also put down that I'm a fixer, I like to fix things, and I'm a friendly face. Right. But the mechanic is a big part of my life also, so I sort of felt like you did at first, but then I was like, okay, you know. Um, and then Jeff wrote down that I'm available when, you know, things need to be done or need help. Great. So then I felt sort of paid back, if you will, or something like that. Right, and, and, and it's almost like, who does God, okay, and think about this a little bit. Are you willing to trade, okay, that label of being known as a mechanic, okay, for somebody who's available, okay? That's funny you say that, because exactly where I am in my life now, mechanics are getting tougher and tougher, and I've been away from the field, so I have been sort of leaving that thing behind. I know the basics and all that, but I am moving to this other side. Right. Okay. Great. Thank you, Ron. Anybody else want, you know, want to share? Please. I put down, first and foremost, I'm a father, a husband, and a grandfather. And that's what I consider myself to be. Second thing is a helper. Third thing is pr protector and provider. That's another thing I feel like I am very strong. Um, helper was crossed off. Um, I didn't take any offense because most people in this room aren't around me on a 24-hour basis. So, you know, I think all of us are probably helpers in our own way. Ron added strong pillar. Uh, <laughs> I like Ron. <laughs> he overstates things. <laughs> but. Uh, my role as father, husband, grandfather, and protector, provider are the most important to me right. as far as taking care of people that I care about. Right, right. So, you know, so you see where all this kind of is, is going. At different times of your life, different things happen, okay? So, you know, um, I'm also a person who loves stories, okay? And also, I also have to tell you that uh, my two, uh, every year, Sharon and I get away uh, for uh, January, and we come up with our yearly, like, watchwords and what we, what we care about, what we identify. And we keep these private, 
okay? But I'm happy to share with you. So my watchwords this year, okay, I have two, actually. I couldn't define it down to one, but there's two. One is play, okay, and the other is inspire, okay? So also, this whole year, I've been about play and I've about, been about inspire, or at least you want, want to believe that kind of things. And so what we've just done is we've just done a little bit of play, okay? It's fun, okay? It's fun to learn new things. Something tells me that every one of us here in various kind of roles of leadership or in different kind of contexts, you'll take this exercise and you'll, you know, hopefully at some point in time, okay, you would honor me, you would honor God, okay, by sharing these kind of stuff. You learn things, and I think this is what it means to be a, to be a witness, that everybody witnesses in their own kind of way. But when you witness, it's something like you've seen, okay, and, you, and you've taken it to heart, and you've loved it. And you want then, you can't help then, but share it, okay? So therefore, I've just done my bit for the day of sharing one of the coolest little icebreakers, okay, that I've, I've known, because then you can read the meaning and take that into it, okay? And so therefore, as we, you know, when we leave today, or at different point in times, at different times, you know, it'll come back up, hopefully, in your own kind of mind and say like, oh, I know this great little exercise and stuff like that to teach our grandkids, our kids, our class, whatever, and stuff like that. It's really meaningful, okay? But I'm also somebody, um, you know, I always have a story. I love stories. I love comics. I love reading and seeing God in everything. And so, of course, I've got a story, okay? So here's the story for the day. Okay, two men, okay, two men, both seriously ill, occupied the same hospital room. This is the other thing about stories is, is everybody in here has heard gazillions of stories by these times in their life, but hopefully you haven't heard this one, okay, and so you struggle hard for this. Okay, so two men, both seriously ill, okay, occupied the same hospital room. One man was allowed Okay, to sit up in his bed for an hour each afternoon to help drain the fluid from his lungs. His bed was next to the room's only window. The other man had to spend all of his time flat on his back. The men talked for hours on end. They spoke of their wives and their families, their homes, their jobs, their involvement in the military service where they had been on vacation. And every afternoon, when the, when the man on the bed by the window could sit up, he would pass the time by describing to his roommate all the things that he could see outside the window. The man in the other bed began to live for those one-hour special, one-hour periods where his world would be broadened and enlivened by the activity and all the color on the world outside. The window overlooked a park with a lovely lake. Ducks, swans played in the water while children you know, sailed their model boats. Young lovers walked arm in arm among the flowers and they saw all the flowers of every color of the rainbow. Grand old trees graced the landscape, 
and the fine view of the city skyline could be seen in the distance. As the man by the window described all this in exquisite <coughs> detail, the man on the other side of the room would close his eyes and imagine the, the picturesque scene. Well, one warm afternoon, the man by the window described a parade passing by. And although the other man couldn't, couldn't even hear the band, he could see it in his mind's eye as the gentleman by the window portrayed it with descriptive words. Days and weeks passed this way. Well, one morning, the day nurse arrived to bring water for, for their baths, only to find the lifeless body of the man by the window, who had died peacefully in his sleep. She was saddened and called the hospital attendants to take the body away. As soon as it seemed appropriate, the other man asked if he could be moved next to the window. <laughs> the nurse was happy to make the switch. And after making sure that he was comfortable, she left him alone. Slowly, painfully, he propped himself up on his elbow to take his first look at the world outside. Finally, he would have the joy of seeing it for himself. He strained slowly, turned to look out the window below the bed. It faced a blank wall. Well, the man asked the nurse what could have compelled his, his deceased roommate who had described such wonderful things on the outside of the window. And the nurse simply responded that the man was blind and he couldn't even see the wall, okay? And she said, perhaps he just wanted to encourage you, okay? It's a great story, okay? And it's about what you see in your mind's eye what you see as real, because for that man, it was as real to him as anything, and it was his witness that he would then give to his roommate, okay? And it's kind of what we see in the world and how we are, okay? Are we okay? All right, it's a good story, okay? It's a fun exercise. All right, so these are kind of like, in some sense, all the prepared remarks that I have, but you know, I, I do want to describe, you know, some of just, you know, my life and what has kind of happened at this point of time. I, you know, I grew up, you know, I'm a farm boy, okay? Uh, grew up in Michigan and we grew up on a farm. We had cattle uh, and for all the hard work and of course getting up at five o'clock in the morning, getting out with your own pen of calves, um, you know, for any of you in here that can operate large equipment, me and the Bobcat, okay, I know how to clean out chicken houses. I can do that kind of stuff. Actually, uh, sharing my wife's, you know, wedding ring was bought with, uh, you know, earnings from cleaning out chicken houses, okay. Uh, you make pretty good money doing that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what, and also growing up like that takes the advantage of, uh, of keeping you out of trouble. So with today's youth and everything that goes on, it seems like you, know, you look back at your own kind of stuff, it's like, I never had that kind of trouble. I was always, you know, there's always things to do and therefore you keep doing it. So that's how I grew up and that's what, it, uh, that's what my life was, was like. 
when I was 15 years old, we, um, we moved from Michigan to Georgia. I had just become uh, a Christian at that time. About, I was 13 years old. I was at a uh, Billy Graham crusade. And so I'm one of those that, you know, that when, you know, Billy Graham passed away, there was something very, very visceral inside that feeling like he was the one that actually uh, brought me to Christ. And, uh, and for this, you know, forever, your world has changed. You see different things. You see things, different kind of perspectives. We moved to, we moved to Georgia. Um, yes, I am that barely functional geek, okay, that always drawn to mathematics and education, and it's been great. And the, and the cards that have been, been dealt along life's journey have been absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Nobody, nobody deserves what I, you know, what, what, uh, what's come to my life. And it's been, uh, it's been absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity then to actually live on campus at Vanderbilt. Um, I, I served there as, um, you know, the things that you're kind of proud of and the, the trophies that one day you'll lay down. Uh, is, you know, I was, I was the dean of students. I got to spend time on campus and I got to spend years there. And so therefore on Fridays and Saturday nights, walking down on Frat Row, um, I saw a lot of things there that you uh, wish you hadn't seen, okay? But you also see what the other side uh, lives like. And, uh, and the things that you learn along the way are just unbelievable. Um, and that, that's kind of where things are. It's nothing spectacular, okay? But it's been, it's been life's journey, and it's been really fantastic, okay? I would also love to like entertain questions or you know, anything that you would like to know. I'm uh, I'm basically an open book when it comes to these kind of kind of things, and I I would love to share um, as you as you would as you would like. Okay. Explain the comment that you made to Nathan that you and God are on the playground together. So, you know, it's, it's funny that I, I feel like that it's just hilarious that there's been times, particularly over the past year, you know, we're right in the middle of the night that, um, that all of a sudden, you know, might be on steroids or something like this or whatever you attribute it to, but, but your body is at rest, okay, but your mind is wide, wide awake. And, and it's at those kind of times where, uh, where God, I think, comes, and I think that he, that he has things to show you. And so it's been absolutely hilarious, at times, <clears throat> excuse me, at times, that you know, something that you thought you knew is completely wrong. And then something you know, that you thought was exactly wrong is exactly right, and you feel like you're just being jerked around a lot of times. And it, but it is absolutely, and, and so it's kind of like playing with, playing with God back and forth. It's kind of like, God, I thought it was this way. And he's saying like, are you kidding me? And, he's just, and you just 
in your mind's eye, you just see him rolling in the dirt, okay? Just laughing his, his guts out, saying, you thought you had that right. Let me show you how wrong that is. And he takes each one of them. And I'm, and I'm not telling you, you know, Calvin, I'm not teaching anything that you don't know yourself. Okay, because I think that each one of us are that way. That the things that we think that we have exactly right a lot of times are exactly wrong. We have a family, um, actually I have a very good friend, and uh, his, his family motto is do more than your share. And he has this on a plaque, and he's a woodworker, and he carves this out, do more than your share. Now, of course, uh, my, my best friend, Mike Whittle, he saw this and he says, like, my family motto is do less than your share. <laughs> okay. And the more you think about it, okay, in the balance of things, it's kind of like if everybody did more than their share, that's not a balance point. Okay? That's not an equilibrium point. It's not stable. Okay? Nor is if everybody does less than their share. That's not stable. The only way that is stable okay, is if everybody simply does your share. Just do your share. And if everybody were simply to do your share, it would be just at the right time. But then, of course, we all strive for that stable point to get our life exactly in balance. But if you think about it even deeper, okay, that pinprick of a point where everything is just right, that's got to be the most unstable point ever. Because any way to the left or to the right, okay, it's unstable and you're working hard to get right back to that pinpoint. But then the more you think about it, that thinking is wrong. Because it's kind of like only at that pinprick, when things are just right, things are just right. And you, it is so strong on that pinprick point that you can't fall off of that pinprick point. So it's, it's lessons like that about what is stable, what is not, what is in balance, what is not. And it's, you know, and it's hilarious. It's great. We have a, so the story that this was coming on is our family motto right now, okay? And my sister Irene, my dad, in, a, in the whole Dowdy family, it is, um, the, the motto is crazy, but not necessarily wrong, okay? And that's how we all kind of are. We are all crazy. You know my, you know my stepmom, you know my father, you know, we are all crazy. And so a lot of our lives are built on challenging other people about, you say it's white, I will say it's black, simply to, to cause the discussion. And so that's kind of where things are. And that, that's kind of what I mean. It's, it's all those mind games where in the middle of the night you wake up and you question everything, okay? And, but you're rest assured that about whose you are, okay? And it's, uh, you know, and it's fantastic, okay? Do you look at the world in, in, a, in a binary state, either good or bad, Yes or no, or uh, that's an easy. That's myself. I don't allow myself grades. Things are either right or wrong. Okay, so you know this is where um, this is where you and I differ. Okay, and and this is again another kind of lesson in life is like 
And we're supposed to all be different. We're supposed to, somebody once told me, they said like, whenever you're putting together a committee, whenever you're putting together a, a faculty group, okay, whenever you're dealing with any kind of group, you want people of different viewpoints. That God doesn't make people that are the same. Because if he does, that means one of us is redundant. Okay? And God doesn't make redundant people. He is terribly efficient like that. So where you and I are different on this one is I see gray all the time, everywhere. Okay? And every time I feel like there's an absolute, okay, it's kind of like I feel like I got this down. That's where one of these late night sessions that God takes me aside and says, you dummy. Okay? And, you know, and so... You know, so, and I personally, Mark, I'm very comfortable with all sorts of gray, all sorts of gray, all the time. And so, um, you know, you know, partly from background, partly because of training, but, uh, but you asked the question, and I see, I, I see very few absolutes. There are some, don't get me wrong, I know those. And I think these are the kind of things that God, when God talks about free choice, okay, the things that he cares about is all of these little things. You know, I don't think that really mattered that much, much to him. Okay, but, but no, I see, I have very few, uh, you know, I have very few absolutes on this one. It's who I am. Okay. Please. How did your work as dean of students impact your life, and maybe more importantly, how were you able to do it the other way, impact the student? Well, so here's, here was the, again, the, the cards that are dealt to you, and the things that, that was, that was an incredible time of life, because being in that role, I could do anything, okay? I was allowed to go into any, um, I was allowed to go into any group meeting, any, I could just show up uh, and go and at a university campus, as you know, you have all sorts of, you know, left, right, you know, black, white, green, all the way, you have so many different things. And I could just show up, things to where I would be uncomfortable otherwise, but I could actually just go and show up at the meetings and learn from these. So for instance, I'll, I'll touch on very, you know, very, touchy kind of stuff. So, like for instance, in the uh, gay lesbian community, okay, I was always uncomfortable, say, going into those meetings. But of course you want to know, you want to understand the issues more involved, okay? So therefore, I was allowed, okay, simply to go up and show up at meetings, and it was okay. You are not then labeled one way or another, and you got to hear Okay, you got to hear the perspective. You got to hear where people actually live, okay, and what they have to deal with. And you, and you go through each one of these kind of stuff. And it allowed me, okay, that, that deep privilege of getting to understand so many people that are so much different and in so many different ways that I thought that as, as Mark was saying, you know, those black and white things that you think that you have right or that you have, uh, that you're okay. And you got to see these, uh, and it's just not one, it's a billion, okay? It's just not, 
there's, a, there's another word that has been very impactful to me, and that's the word over-determined, okay? And I'll explain this for, in, in this respect. I'll, and I'll tell you, because the, the, I remember the day that this happened, is like students would come up to me all the time, and they, they would say, Professor Dowdy, okay, if you would simply give me an extension on this homework, you would save my life, okay? And you hear all the excuses about grandmothers, everything like this, dying or whatever. But if you would simply grant me this one extension, this one time, you would just rock my world, change my life. Now, with my personality, I'm not a confronter. I would always say, sure, take the extra time, okay? Knowing in my head, okay, this person's, okay, this person's getting a D in this class. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter if they turn it in late. It doesn't matter if they do this or anything like that. The quality, okay, they're getting a D in this class, okay? Because they just, things are over-determined. It's just not one thing. It's a gazillion things, okay? And so, um, uh, so I'm not sure exactly where all this was going. Okay, but it was like it's, you're taught not the lesson once, you're taught that lesson many, many times over. And, I, and in my own mind, I would grant the extensions simply because, okay, I didn't want them blaming me. Sooner or later, they're going to have to come to the realization that they're a D student, okay? And they're just not getting it, and they're not going to pass the class, and they should get a, they should get a new line of work. Okay, but you know that they have to self-determine that themselves. Nobody from the outside is going to do it. And, and I can't blame anybody else. We all need to accept the responsibility for our own kind of actions and the own, own things that we do. Okay? But, but it was an incredible time of life. Okay? And it was, um, you know, it was great. Thank you. There are times about gone, but I just want to say to affirm how God has used you this year and how you've inspired uh, not only the staff but this church, uh, how you're continuing to lead, uh, and it's been tremendous, and then uh, leading this study, that uh, your, this 10-week study, it's been an inspiration. I just want to say on behalf of the staff, and we, we appreciate you and, and how you've inspired uh, not only the men, but the church. Well, but it, but as you know, Richard, it goes it goes both ways. We're in this we're in this life synergistically that we all we all need this from each other. That you have things, okay, that I don't, okay, and therefore the only way about life and the only way and this is the way that that God intended it to be. Okay, that he intended us to be different for each one is to bring different gifts to the table because we are all one. And the only thing that's important is the relationship, your personal, very private relationship between you, know, you and God. Okay, and he will use every one of us and giving us each our own little talents, our own little trophies, our own little things. And, and we all know this. Okay? And so thank you for the words and stuff like that. But it's, you know, and, and it feels good. But, you know, but it's like, uh, it's no big deal. Okay? Because we each feel the same way. But anyway, still thank you very much.
Okay. so much, Larry. I want to just surround you with prayer. Is that okay if we do that? Um, Larry's sick. You, you may or may not know, Larry's sick. Um, and our God is the healer. Our God is the, the great physician. Um, and our God does great things. And we should expect great things from God. And our, the power of prayer is real. And the power of prayer is sustaining all of us in this moment. God is the one who holds every molecule together by His sovereign grace and by His will. So if you want to come up and just put a hand on... Is that okay? Is that bad? Okay. Um, if you want to just come up and lay hands on Larry, I think we need to pray for him. If you can't get a hand on Larry, just get a hand on somebody who's got a hand on Larry. Why don't we just take a few minutes, and if you feel led to voice a prayer out loud then please do that, and then I'll close this after what I deem an appropriate amount of time. <laughs> Heavenly Father, you're the Almighty. You're the great God. You're the healer. You're the one who made heaven and earth. You have everything in your control. We thank you for that. You're the creator of all of us. Lord, we uh, thank you that you have all these powers. And Lord, we pray that if it's in your will, that you can touch Larry in a very special way, as you have touched the woman. Lord, we just pray that uh, you be with him and uh, give him the strength and the patience as he is going through this difficult time. God, allow us to learn the lesson Larry is living before us. Lord, I have witnessed Larry being your servant for many, many years, doing your will, bringing people to you. Please bless his life. Father, we do pray for Larry and for Sharon, and just ask that you, as the great physician, would. Just surround them with your love and care and give him strength, give him comfort, uh, give him your peace during these days. And then we just pray that uh, all this is in your hands and just we just thank you that you have your hand on his life now. Dear Lord, thank you for the example that Larry's been to us, whether it be on missions trips or uh, just in how he lives his life. Um, and the joy that he has and he exudes. Uh, please be with him in this time of healing. Father God, we're so grateful for uh, Larry, for his witness, and for the happy gene that he has that he shares with everybody he comes in contact with. We thank you that not only does he have the strong tower within him, but he shares it with all of us this morning. We're so grateful, Father. Lord God, we come before you this morning as, as men who are humbled by your grace and by your goodness, and we're just overcome with gratitude, God, and we are grateful for the life of Larry Dowdy. We thank you for his family, for the, the happy gene that you have imbued them all with. <laughs> we thank you for the, the wisdom, not just the intelligence that they bear, God, but the wisdom that they bear, the ability to see past the, the whites and the blacks and to see the gray areas of life, the ability to 
to hear from you in the middle of the night that the humbling reality that what we believe has been wrong all along, that the wisdom of God is so much infinitely higher, the foolishness of God is infinitely higher than the wisdom of man. God, we thank you for that wisdom that he has shared with us today, the humility, the grace, the strength that you have given to him, and the joy that you have given him in spite of difficult circumstances that he did not choose, that he did not get to pick God, but we trust that you are sovereign and that you are good. Those two things are true. And God, we ask boldly in Jesus' name that, that you would provide total and complete healing in Larry's life. We pray that you would do something so great that doctors would be amazed, that all of us would turn and praise you, that all, all glory would be to you, God, for the miraculous work that you've done in Larry's life. We ask this boldly, knowing that you are in charge, and we submit our wills anew to you. This morning, we ask that you would remind us again of your sovereign power, that you would be God where we cannot be God, which is in every aspect of our lives. Lord, we thank you for this church, for this group of men, for the example of wise and godly leaders like Larry, for the foundation that they are still securing for the rest of us that we will build on for many, many years to come. Lord, we thank you for Sharon, for the journey that she's walked with him, for his sweet children, for their hearts and wisdom. God, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for every good thing that you have done in his life and every good thing that you are going to do. We pray all of this in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you.